All right. Hey, so good evening uh, to you wonderful people. And thank you for joining uh, an edition of That Spill uh, podcast, Conversations with Cliff. I'm your host, uh, one half of That Spill. Uh, check us out. And uh, tonight I have joining me at the top, I have, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Sade Darcell. Hi, I'm Ty Foster. Hi, I'm Crystal Smith. Go by Queen Lady K. All right, all right. And uh, so tonight we are discussing colorism. Um, and just a brief, I guess, background on the colorism is this thing that they put us, our community rather, uh, against each other. Uh, to, to, to break it down to the simplest form is light skin versus dark skin. Um, I think we all have dealt with it um, growing up. So I just want to have a conversation about it. Recently, there was a, a song that was made uh, by an artist who is not even African-American, but African-Americans felt some kind of way about it. Um, so I just want to, I want to speak on that uh, colorism. Is it a real issue? Or is it just being over glamorized by the media? And I'm going to start with Ty. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's actually both, to be honest. Um, the good thing is when you sent the questions, they gave me some time to think about it. This is definitely something that I've talked about amongst some of my girlfriends some friends I work with. And I think it's a little of both. I do think that it is definitely a real thing. I've experienced it. Tons of people in my own community have experienced it. People in my family have experienced it. I've seen it with my very own eyes. I definitely think social media plays a big part in it in terms of like the movies that we watch, the like music videos. I remember being younger and the music videos that you see on TV, even dating back to like MTV, like movies and things like that, where you saw this vision and the vision was someone who was of lighter skin and mm -hmm. someone who fit this particular mold. And that's what was, I guess, kind of placed in this box of what was beautiful or acceptable. Um, right. And also further than that, you have, you know, marketing tactics that place things out there for, you know, kids, like starting them at a young age that says that this is what beautiful looks like. This is what is acceptable in society. This is what you're supposed to look like in order to meet a certain status quo or in order to check a particular box. So I actually think both. I think it definitely is a real thing. And I do think that social media um, takes hold of it and it, it makes it even more, I think, emphasized in terms of mm -hmm. how we see each other and how we see our counterparts, whether it be people that you're in relationships with, people that you work with, um, and even in your own household um, and how you see yourself too. Definitely, definitely. Sade, how do you feel about that? I would have to agree with Ty. I think that it is both. Um, where I come from, I feel like I came from like a melting pot. So mm -hmm. I was a little sheltered from colorism. And so I didn't feel it growing up. But even as an adult, I have a very like I have a sense of humor. So even if it was, if it, even if it came at me, I'm a ha ha ha, you're funny. Right, and I'm right. throw back something. Okay. <laughs> I think that it is sad um, because when you really look at it, you, it comes like the person, whoever throws it at you, you know that it's some, it, there might be some sort of pain behind it, especially mm. Experiencing colorism for themselves, so exactly. that that's how I look at it. Uh, I wanted to be politically correct, so I did a little research. I'm um, having a little book stuff. Um, one thing that was uh, 
powerful that I heard is, you know, colorism is a product. It is a child of racism. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, I was like, okay. So I know we're gonna dig deeper into that. I'll wait. But I did pull out, I did happen to order the William Lynch book. Um, yes, like I said, it's a product of racism. So we have to know the root of it, the foundation of it is that white, so I will say white supremacy designed it to be this way for uh, to make sure that we don't, um, to keep us divided. And it was one of the methods, okay, dark skin versus light skin, go. And that is what we've been dealing with. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh man, you, you just unpacked so much right there. I got questions, but I wanna, I'm gonna talk to Crystal first and, and get her take on, on this. Do you feel like it's glamorized by the media? Oh, are you asking me the question? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> went last. I'm sorry, Crystal. <laughs> oh, okay. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, so I do feel like colorism is glamorized by the media. Now I, I understand. Um, far as colorism goes, like I'm I'm an Ohio girl, so like let's just be honest. I mean, you don't really see too many darks there. I mean, but you'll see enough. So I'm personally open-minded with like everything that I do and consider everyone has feelings and everyone is human. However, some people were raised in households where this is the way that they were raised and these are mm. the things that they taught. Um, so they don't really know anything else until they actually truly go out and experience the world. So when they're seeing dark women on social media and you know they're doing a lot of things that's inappropriate that is not what we really truly do, um, then they start labeling all dark women as like that. And then some dark mm. women be like, well, I want to be as pretty as her because she's light-skinned. So, you know, we go looking for that type of foundation to actually put on and try to look like them. Um, no, no, I, I feel that. So when, when did you, if ever, Crystal, when did you, experience our first experience like colorism feeling like you were different like you were put to the side as far as what what the beauty mark what what is beautiful um actually i was just a little girl like i was middle school dating someone and the things that happened like it didn't like make me judge anyone However, like it just really opened my mind to be like, hey, we are all human, you know, like, and he didn't even understand. Mm. Um, and then I had another experience once I got my CNA license and working in that field, which, you know, you're not supposed to take it to heart. So I didn't, but I just removed myself from the field because I felt like that was just a lot of pressure that older people don't even know or understand. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, Sade, what about you? When when did you first experience colorism? Uh oh, did she freeze on me? She froze on me. All right, Ty. When did you um, first experience colorism? Yeah, so with Crystal, uh, I was very young. I and it's crazy. I think because when we don't have these courageous candid conversations, it doesn't allow for you to really take a further look within yourself um, and also just really see where a lot of these emotions are coming from because I do think it's a form of conditioning. 
Um, mm. It's psychological. I, I'm very into like mental health and like where a lot of your emotions come from, where it stems from. But for me, I would have to say it was as young as probably 11 or 12 years old being in elementary school and trying to find my footing amongst friends. Um, I was a very quiet child. Um, you know, like my grandparents raised me. So of course I had a different upbringing than some people that I was around, but going into an atmosphere where you see people like yourself and you want to be friends and for them, they don't see you as being acceptable because of the way that you talk or the way that you look. For me, within my journey of life, I always had an issue with people feeling like I wasn't Black enough, people feeling like I didn't talk Black enough, which mm -hmm. I still honestly don't know what that consists of. I don't know what that means. Um, so if somebody can share that with me, please do. But <laughs> it was very frustrating because, again, being a person that wanted to be a social butterfly, I had to kind of create my, my own boxes to try to check because I felt like all the boxes that were being checked were not acceptable by people that looked like me. Um, those were the main people that bullied me. Those were the main people that when they would have parties, they would outcast me. And I ended up actually befriending a lot of people in other races, whether they be Caucasian or be Mexican or be Asian or Indian or whatever the case is. And that created an even bigger issue because now those that look like me felt like, okay, you're creating this world without us. And it's like, well, no, you didn't want to accept me. Mm -hmm. So getting older and trying to figure out, okay, how do, I, how do I break this stigma around the fact that we're pinning each other against each other? If it's not social media, it's other races. If it's not other races, it's ourselves. So I took it upon myself after talking to my grandparents about what I, where I wanted to go to school. I went to an HBCU. I went to Johnson C. Smith University. And it was very tough because again, still trying to find your placing being a woman of color and being a lighter person of, you know, lighter skin color and trying to figure out like, what does this look like for you? But I think it was probably one of the best decisions I made because it allowed for me to open myself um, from a psychological standpoint to really see truly like why people see you as a threat and vice versa, why you see them as a threat. Got you. So I've got a question and, and, and anybody can take this. So when you, Ty, when you, broke off and said let me get some other friends from different races let me let me let me be friends with them befriend them because my own people so to speak are not messing with me did you feel like you had to change yourself like change the way you talk change the way you dress change the way you act to fit in with that other group of people and then maybe when you came back home so to speak you had to switch it up again to kind of fit in back in with, with the with the home team if that makes sense. Wow, that's a great question. It's for me, it was vice versa. I I've always been taught, again, you know, being brought up by a different generation, my grandparents, that be yourself, you know, people eventually will accept you for who you are. If they don't, then it's their loss. So I've always been the type of person to try to be comfortable within who I am, but I do feel like it created a bit of a problem because once I was able to get to a point to be amongst people that look like me, I felt like I was trying harder to mm -hmm. be Black. I felt like I had to talk a certain kind of way. Um, I didn't stay in an area where there were a lot of people that looked like me. The area I stayed in, we had, there were a lot of businesses around our house. So, um, you know, I come from a family that were the first Black in this, the first Black in that. And so, again, being the type of person where it's like, hey, 
my people want me, need me. I want to love you. I want to be there for you and support you. And so for you to kind of come out this shell or come out of like this, this way of you, the way that you saw life and to say like, okay, this is the way I think that the culture is supposed to be and not at all. So once I got to Jonathan C. Smith, I noticed that people accepted me for who I was and they could see that I was trying hard. They were like, why? Well, don't say those words. Like, why would you say? And it, to me, it was kind of like, what? Like, that's what this person said. It's like, be who you are. You know, if you talk a certain kind of way, if you enunciate certain things, if you feel like this is the way that you are meant to be, then be that way and they'll accept you. And as I got older, I noticed that, but um, it's the way of, of you conditioning yourself mentally without even knowing it sometimes. Yeah, no, I, and I totally agree with Ty because I was the same way and um, it was just like really uncomfortable in certain areas where like when I was in certain crowds, I would feel frightened. Let me say that because um, I'm free and I like to be who I am and I like to network, but it was like, people would look at me like weird and different. Like what's wrong with her? Is she okay? She's weird, you know, with all these different things. And it's like, no, I'm just me. Uh, so I, I want to ask that Crystal, did you feel like you, you said you went into the nursing field and didn't feel comfortable there. Did you feel like, like you had to, again, like switch up who you were and how you talk and how you carried yourself maneuvering in, in that, in that field, in that environment? Uh -huh. Well, in the field, in the nursing field and environment, to be honest, like me personally, I felt like, no, I didn't have to change up about who I was because that's my job. I'm a lover and a protector and I care for people. Um, however, like the surroundings that I was around, it was just like a lot of people were more so like, I'm just here for the money. I need to get this money. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was like, all the clients that were there present just really was looking at it more so like this is how everybody is and then also with them doing dealings or having like feelings from past tense things it didn't make it any better so it was more so like can, i'm gonna just use this as an example the lady was like uh, i was like come on are you ready to get in the tub i tried to use tub instead of shower so i switched it and had to kind of like we're just gonna get in the shower and wash you up and she's like no, you get in the shower. You need to get that dirt off of you. And it was like, oh, man. Yeah, and I kind of like laughed it off like, oh, okay, well, it's okay. Let me get some assistance, you know, type of, and yeah. It, but I laughed it off because it was like, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to do anything to cause any harm to you. You know, mm -hmm. I want to make you comfortable your last days. Mm. That's tragic. So I... It, man, this is just, it's just going all over. <laughs> so with Sade, like, I want to know, we, we've been taught in our community to, to play the dozens. Growing up as kids, uh, we, we, we laugh at our pain. So we'll tell jokes. We'll go up against each other. Me being dark. I mean, I had, I heard everything under the sun, you know, I had to be ready in the third and in second grade. I had to be ready, prepared every morning to go to recess, I had to have my jokes ready. So, cause I knew they was coming. They was Tar Baby, uh, you know, anything dealing with the color black, that was me. I wanna know, did you have to deal with that growing up? Like, was that a thing? Like you were like every day as a, as a woman, because I didn't really, the females kinda, I didn't see it too much. I know the, the boys, we did it. And we kinda joked on the girls off to the side, but never, you know, to their faces so did that happen in your circles like during during school 
I honestly, I would say it probably did, but it didn't affect me because right. of who I am. Like I said, I, right. I crack jokes. So you come at me, I'm going to come at you. And that's, <laughs> and that's just naturally. And I can't think of a time that I wasn't like that. I mean, I guess when I was a kid, probably elementary school, there was mm-hmm. a few things that came at me that, that hurt mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, it was like, oh, no, game on. Let's go. So <laughs> so I would say I would say I didn't if it did happen, it didn't offend me. Is OK, the best way that I can put it. Got you. So, all right, Dylan, let's let's talk about relationships. Um, for me, growing up, I was I mean, the girls didn't like me growing up. I was I was super skinny with a big head and hair that I couldn't figure out what to do with and awkward. So they didn't, I was dark. I, I was the dark guy because everybody just jokes. And, you know, I turned, I learned how to flip it. And I told myself at an early age, I wouldn't be with another dark woman because of the condition. And this is, I'm not, I, I let me preface this with, I love black women. I, light, dark, Disclaimer. mocha. I, I love all y'all. But as a kid, I'm telling myself, I can't be with another dark woman because they're going to have jokes about it. They're going to talk bad about us. So I have to go after lighter skinned women or brown skinned women. And at the time, again, I'm being conditioned by the media and things around me that she's too pretty for me. So she won't accept me. She won't be with me. So I I don't even want to go after her. Did any of you deal with that same issue whether it was with friendships or relationships, did like men not want to deal with you because you're dark skin or light skin, or you know, females not want to deal with you because of that issue? I wanna I wanna speak first relating to you as far as seeing my male cousins in particular because of where we're from. They went to see you. Well, you kind of know Leavenworth. I'm, I'm in Kansas. Um, when I say I'm from Kansas, people are like, oh, there's black people in Kansas. That's <laughs> that's what I deal with here. And we had two, we had at one time when I was in school, two high schools, we had Leavenworth High, you know, public school. And then you had Immaculata, which was a private school, which obviously private schools are predominantly white. Um, so I had a lot of cousins that went to Immac. And there was a point where I was just like, I wonder why they're always only with dating white women. Like, what what is that? And I think it, it's kind of relating to what you were saying um, on top of that was their environment mm-hmm. as well. They they went to my God that if that's all you see, that's all you know, you're, you're coming into, um, what is that word I'm looking for? Not mature, but um, you're 13, what is it? Puberty. puberty. <laughs> you're hitting yeah. puberty. Um, that's what you see, that's what you attracted to. So I was like, okay. Because I guess it was a little bit of like, come on, you're my cousin. It's like, why? But I get it. Um, as far as me, um, I, it wasn't so much colorism. I don't I don't think nobody really liked me either. I was told that I, it was because I was the good girl. I was quiet. I, I even asked some of my friends growing up, like, why you didn't talk to me? Oh, because we knew we couldn't get any from you. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. I was like, well... They did you a favor. <laughs> I know. I was like, rejection is protection. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, so 
that's that's what I that's more of the side that I dealt with because again I, I grew up in a melting pot so it wasn't so much colorism right if there was racism which I've seen now more it was under the rug so yes was I mean because of how I talk more so when I step out of where I'm from I'm called an Oreo and I'm like okay whatever y'all like Oreos so <laughs> give me some so right that, now. That's, that's what I dealt with got you ty so did you have any issues with friendships or relationships especially when you got to school like i knew that was like a, a kind of a change right uh it definitely was even prior to going to johnson c smith um i found myself being more drawn to guys of darker skin um and I think also because, you know, a lot of times you kind of look at your parents or your grandparents and you, again, visual, we are visual creatures. And so you see how that dynamic works. And so without knowing it again, um, you're drawn to those particular type of people. But one thing that I did notice, and I agree with you, Sade, um, is a lot of people that I did tend to date or get to know, I was known as the good girl. I was known as the girl that was squeaky clean, um, so to speak, or, you know, I didn't have enough edge. I wasn't enough, like, I wasn't hood enough. Like I, I was told these things that, you know, I talked to proper and I was just like, well, goodness, like, I mean, what else do you want from me? And it seriously became like an issue because you develop a complex about yourself. So attending an HBCU, I did find myself being drawn to people who were not from my area. So it's funny because a lot of my friends from college are not from South Carolina. That's where I'm originally from is from South Carolina. So a lot of my friends are from up north. A lot of my friends are from the island. And so it's funny because I didn't purposely try to do this, but I think again, subconsciously you tell yourself like, okay, I wasn't accepted in this particular setting. So let me kind of migrate to a different setting. I did, of course, still find myself being drawn to um, within a relationship, you know, guys that were of a darker skin. When I kind of start thinking to myself about your question, Cliff, when you sent it to us, and I think, again, it's the conditioning. It's the conditioning mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but for a person being of lighter skin and not feeling like people who look like you who were darker skin and I always felt like they were beautiful like when I looked at people who were darker skin like my sisters definitely look like a rainbow like if you look at them you're like oh wow like what in the world like we literally from dark to the lightest right and so for me I always loved darker skin people I just thought their skin was beautiful I just thought they were beautiful and it was just so sad for me that they didn't accept me and I couldn't understand why and so I gravitated towards mm those relationships, especially with men who were of darker skin, because I thought I would be more accepted. But then I started to notice that it was more so an internal issue that I needed to correct within myself. Um, and even work, work-wise, I worked for a financial institution, worked for them for, I've, we've been there about maybe over 12 years now. And a lot of my friends, including my mentor, were white people. And it wasn't because I was looking for it, but when I would reach out for help and try to figure out the development of myself and the growth of myself um, to try to exceed in my career, those were the main people that were willing to help me. I didn't notice until after I kind of got further along where 
people that look like me felt like they could benefit, then that's when I noticed that more of my group started to look like me, which is unfortunate because again, I mean, regardless of the fact if you feel like I could benefit you or not, like why can't we just help each other? So a lot of times we stack ourselves against each other, which is unfortunate. I feel like that's happened in relationships, both professional and personal. Um, and now that I'm older, I am 36, I am more well-rounded. So honestly, I don't really care what people say. I don't yeah. really care how people feel. What you see is what you get. Um, whether I am in locks or whether my hair is straight and natural, this is who you get. Um, and I just feel like you just have to be happy within yourself, but I do feel like you have to first understand that conditionalized part of yourself as to why these trends are happening within your relationships too. Very true. So, so Crystal, did you deal with this same kind of not being chosen first or not feeling pretty enough because of kids are cruel? Let's just, let's, let's put that out there. Growing up, kids are cruel. Um, they were cruel to me. Um, and sorry to cut you off. Ty, no, you <laughs> I'm like, I follow along with you guys. I follow in that vocabulary because like growing up, I wasn't, my family wasn't rich. Um, dad was you know like he's a businessman he's always been a businessman so like I had both parents with two separate households so I grew up to see like dark-skinned guys that was not good for you and dark-skinned guys that actually could be good for you um my dad dated a lot of white women you know like I have mm. 14 siblings <laughs> mixture of white and black um and it's crazy because my little sister used to think that I was cruel to her because of her color when that was never the case. I just was trying to install in them and drill in them that like, you know, in this community, in this world alone, like people will judge you not knowing where you actually come from. Um, and I had a lot of people that would tell me like I was bougie, I was stuck up, um, <laughs> like a lot of things. But then I had it where with people that were making fun of me from certain things, like dudes didn't want to talk to me because I was a nerd or I was, I'm a type of person that I don't really like reading. I read real fast. So like, they don't want to talk to me. Now they want the one that likes to get that type of attention. So then I sent, I shift a little and started doing the same thing. And so like, now that I'm finding myself again, like it's the happiness that makes me like the individual that I am doing the knowledge checks, like researching, <laughs> being yeah. me, being free, being that bougie female, being that stuck up one, just to know that I'm able to actually go out there and do the same thing that anybody else in this world is able to do. Like nothing's holding me back for myself. Right. So, yeah. And nothing wrong with that. So growing up and I heard both Ty and Crystal say you, you had a, um, not a, I'm not gonna say blended, but your siblings didn't look, wasn't the same color as you. Um, and for me, I had the same thing. My, my little brother, rest in peace. He looks uh, Hispanic. Same mom, he looks Hispanic. Do you feel like your family overall played the colorism card growing up? Um, I, for me, it happened in my family where I felt like my little brother was treated better because he was lighter. And again, this was a condition I had growing up, dealing with it at school. I come home and it feeling like that, 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 that throwaway child because I was a middle child you know, middle children kind of get pushed off to the side. So that's the condition I had growing up thinking nobody loved me. Oh, it's because I'm dark. Oh, it's because of this. 
So my question is, did any of you guys experience that with your family? Did you feel left out or, you know, pitted against your siblings because of the color you are? I'm going to be honest. I would say no. Um, in a way, as far as like my younger siblings, because they're younger than me and I'm the middle child with my father. So it was more so of me being hard on them. And it was only because I felt like I was the golden child with my mom's side. And it was more so of balancing it out and understanding that like, I'm not trying to be hard on you, but I do want you to be prepared. So once you go out into the world, when they're trying to be hard on you, you don't just give up. Cause you have people that actually commit suicide over these type of things from just mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, my color is not right. I'm not perfect. When everyone's perfect and their own image, like we were created in God's image, you know? So, um, and I just, yeah, I just feel like that. And I feel like my oldest sisters, yeah. Like I had to condition myself even now because they realized and knew that I was a go to jail growing up. Like I'm the youngest. So it was like more so, you know, like she's advanced than others. Like it's something that's different about her. She don't judge people just off of certain things. Like I got to be able to see things for myself before I judge you. I'm not going to judge you off your appearance. Got you. Got you. Charlotte, did you, did you experience any of this with the family? No, not with my family. But again, it's because I believe it's because of where, like I said, I'm from a melting pot. So, right. and then on top of that, um, with, uh, I didn't grow up with my dad and my siblings on my dad's side, but with my mom, I only have my sister and my sister, and my mom, they're lighter than me and you mm. see me. So <laughs> they're lighter than me, but we're all, we're all very fair skin. So it was not color with mine. It was because of the age gap. Now there is a huge age gap between me, my cousins, and there's like 12 years between my cousins and my sister and me. So it wasn't it wasn't a color issue it's a you're a spoiled brat issue <laughs> more so so i didn't i didn't experience with the family it wasn't until i stepped outside of leavenworth where right. i had to do well was i called an oreo leavenworth i i was pro i was pro probably called proper here but yeah. it was it wasn't because of color it was just because i guess how i talked because of leavenworth right right yeah. i'm just you i'm just so city. And then who my family was, like, I have, my uncle was like the big time. He was everybody. He was the teacher. He was the first black man to be coached. And he was just everybody's like best part. So with him being there, I was also the good girl. I had eyes on me. Just, just everything is. <laughs> Got you. Ty, did you experience this with your family? You know, this is a very interesting question. I didn't personally experience it with my family. Just like a small snippet of my background, as I've told you before and shared with you, um, my grandparents raised me. And so I technically feel like I was an only child, even though I have other siblings. And my other siblings, of course, grew up with my father and my stepmother. So I actually witnessed it with my siblings. My sisters. I have three sisters and I had one brother, God rest his soul. My brother is Cliff's complexion. One of my sisters, I have a set of twin sisters and they're fraternal twins. So one is much lighter than myself and the other mm. is Cliff's complexion. And our baby sister is probably a shade between like myself and probably Charday. So 
you know, of course, like imagine how that looks, but my stepmother, unfortunately, again, the conditioning, how she grew up and her siblings, of course, you know, were different shades and those that who were, those who were lighter were treated differently, meaning that they, you know, certain things would happen, they would get in trouble and, you know, things would be swept under the rug or certain responsibilities within the household were more tailored towards the darker skinned people. And we're like, Hey, you need to do this, get this done. It's like, well, so-and-so is not doing anything. Worry about her. Like, what about her? And so I definitely noticed that with my sisters, um, you know, going to visit them and just kind of being amongst them. And it was just really odd to me because growing up in a household with just myself and my grandmother, you know, being mixed herself, coming from a mixed background, my dad or her husband, of course, my grandfather being a darker skinned um, man and they embraced all. So seeing this, it was just really odd to me how they were treated differently. And this happened until they got even older, like once they went to college. And because of that, it played a major role in how they, they grew up and how they developed and how they evolved as adults because they start pinning against each other, which was unfortunate. So, you know, my twin sisters, they start butting heads and, you know, one starts seeing themselves as less than while the other, you know, was like, no, we're twins, we're sisters. We have a different bond than any other sibling. And it's not about that. But unfortunately, you know, going off into their own lives, it created a definite problem. Um, and it created a psychological problem where now you see yourself as not worthy. And, you know, I mean, yes, I had my own separate problems, but to also see that within my siblings and not really fully understand it until I got much older, felt like I couldn't really be any help. My brother, um, with him, I think for, for his life that he led, he felt as though because of how he looked that he needed to lead a certain life, meaning he made certain choices. You know, I won't really get into that on here, but because of that stigma that you place around black males feeling like they're thugs or they're only meant for one thing about having a whole bunch of babies and selling drugs and all this stuff. So you feel like you have to fit in that box. And it wasn't until much later, he noticed like, I don't have to do this. I don't have to be that person. But because of how his counterparts saw him, it was like, well, no, you have to be like this because if not, you're not black. And then on the other end, it's like, well, no, like you, this is what you don't need to do. Like you, you have a much better life for yourself somewhere. So again, he was pinned against himself and other people too. So it was just unfortunate, but um, I didn't see it in my home, but I did see it within my siblings. No, I hear you. I hear you. And, and you brought up an interesting thing where we live in a society where we have to fit in a certain box. If we don't fit in that box of being this, then we're not that. Right. I'm not black enough because I don't do this. That like it it, it kind of burns me. Um, growing up in the military, I mean, I've been in the military. I'm about to retire here. Uh, 20 years. I've seen everything, and I've seen so many different dynamics of people having to fit in. Uh, and it, for a while, it burned me to see uh, black males um, try to fit in with the, the white uh, soldiers and they, they, they switch up everything, the way they talk, the way they dress. And it's like, why, why do we feel like, why do we feel like we have to switch up or fit a certain narrative to be a part of the in crowd? Is it just, we just conditioned that way or some people just want to do it? 
uh, conditioned. Uh, I hate to I hate to put it like this, but yes. um, you said it. Uh, there's a whole thing that's like white is right, mm. and um, especially because I'm you know my background I'm military as well. We can um was military. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, but you, I'll, I'll take, uh, I was just talking to someone about it, how, I don't remember if you remember, but back in 2014, they tried to put out an army regulation about women and their, our hair. Uh, it, it kind of targeted women of color, um, as far as us not being able to have the braids. They really wanted to color. hold in on us having, right, um, having our hair, you know, straight, and because straight is, I guess, considered prof more professional. And it was it was a fight to really be like, oh, no, we're going to have our protective hairstyles that we we tend to have when we go to the field mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's because uh, I was active duty, like I, I, I don't really want to get into the active duty National Guard, but getting into uh, when I went from active to Missouri National Guard is really where I saw the the difference in the National Guard, Missouri National Guard, um, just seeing how the white soldiers and how you know the black soldiers acted. But me being from Leavenworth, being from a military town, being in a melting pot, thinking that I'm, if you would have told me racism, if you would have told me racism existed before high school, I would have thought you were crazy. Right. It literally wasn't until I stepped out a level where I really got to see things. Because as far as I was concerned, I have my the black men in my family are teachers, they're military, they're they're successful. So you couldn't tell me there was any kind of uh suppression or oppression. I, I can't think of what word I want to use right now. Um so it's it's a conditioning. It yes. really it's a it's a white is right type of conditioning, unfortunately. And with that comes the colorism because the closer you are to white, the more right you are. Yeah. And it's um it's it's unfortunate because like my dad is like when Ty was saying people we have people your complexion cliff, my dad is your complexion, my my uncle, all 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 the melons of my family are are darker. It's just weird how that works. The beautiful it thing, but melody, but melody, like like she said, melody is popping. Like we, like it's just, it's just good. It glistens. It's all that people want to get darker. They get tanned, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's all good. Oh, um, another oh, conversation now. Hey. Hey. conversation now. We're going. To <laughs> I'm just saying. Can I say something? Like, um, okay. So as far as racism, to me, like I didn't want to face it for the longest, and I won't tell you the uh, story, like. I had to really cope with it. Um, if you don't know your family's history, then to be honest, you'll be lost and you'll really be stuck on the colorism and a lot of other things. Um, I don't think anyone remembers, but like I was a freshman at Rogers High School in Toledo, Ohio, and the KKKs came and it was a riot down there. So it was more so like, yeah. So that's when I really woke up and was like, hey, this is serious. This is not a game. Like, this is really true, it's true, it's serious, you know? So if you don't know your family's history, then the colorism to like a lot of people like they'll be like, well, yeah, you're right, white is right, but really in our nationality, um, like it's just really based off the way that you were raised and if you do your history and you get to digging deep and finding out who it is with 
within yourself to be okay and comfortable with yourself to overcome that. Right. So I'm sorry, just, I just no, 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 no. That was crazy. That. Like it brings yeah. back memories. I'm like, I'm only 28, <laughs> by the way. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Been, I'm. Go you moved, right? You ain't going back to Toledo. You said I'm not. Are That's you? That's my you know, Toledo, Ohio. My dad is there. My whole family. I mean, like we're moving. Like my siblings, we're we're sprouting out. Like we're doing what we're supposed to do. When my dad <laughs> made us work, not. Oh, so like no, but my dad, like he started a foundation there. Like so, of course, I go back to check on him and to interact with other friends. But it's serious. I even seen a Mexican guy and he was dating a white woman and they actually killed their baby, put the baby in the freezer. Like, and I went to school with these people. Yeah. And it was only because their family was judging them off of them being together. Like they did they not kill their baby because of it. Yes. But they were like, they dated the whole high school year from freshman year to senior year. And when she in the first 48, you said, was it in first 48? No, this is the, yeah, but right. <laughs> yeah. This is too much. It was a lot. Let's yeah. unpack all this. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm like, my dad. I, so <laughs> when it comes to like racism, I kind of take it serious, but I just follow steps in with in regards to it. Like, that's why I mean when I say like, you have to give me signs that, you know, like I can't deal with you because my, my own little sister, she's mixed. And when I tried to school her and give her knowledge and tell her about these things, like your dad's black, your mom's white. However, <laughs> your dad's black, so that makes you actually African-American. Like, true, that's the true statement. And she used to be like, oh, you racist, you always saying this. And it was just me trying to give her her history, like putting her up on game so that no one else can tell her anything. Right. And now she understands. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Todd, you got anything to say on that? Because I'm, I'm first 48 and KKK is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm I'm just floored. Like I, I can't even like I, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words because that's very traumatic for someone to go through and witness. Um, you know, I I I've, I don't know. Like that's just that's really terrible, and it, it's hard to process. But I do really truly believe that. Um, you know, with colorism, of course, being a form of racism. And like Charday said, it is conditioning. It is psychological, whether people want to hear it or not. And it has nothing to do, when I say psychological, I don't mean like crazy. Um, I definitely do believe that a lot of people don't really fully understand that that's something that's a part of them until they get further along in life and situations happen to occur or, you know, things happen to them and they're like, dag, you know, why am I this way or why am I acting this way towards this particular individual? But I will say maybe part of my conditioning in terms of wanting to fit in with a particular group when I was younger and just how I've evolved coming into adulthood is, you know, I like Crystal was saying, you have to know who you are. It's unfortunate that we don't know our own history. I'm just going to put it out there. Like as Black African-American people, we are one of the races that are pinned against each other. We don't support each other. In a way, we tolerate each other, but we don't support and embrace one another, which is unfortunate. And with that being said, it's just one of those things where you try to say this um, the way that I can kind of nicely, but you just really have to 
understand that the way that things kind of evolve in your life kind of bring you to where you are. But with myself, my great, great, great grandfather, I was able to do 23andMe and discover like parts of who I was. Like my grandparents, my parents were able to tell me like, you know, bits and parts of my history because I didn't want anyone else that didn't look like me to tell me who I was and why I was the way I was and where my ancestors came from, which tends to happen. Like they try to school us and it's not, it's not right. So you have to be up on your history, but 23andMe definitely unveiled some things that I knew, some things that I didn't know. But one thing that my aunt made me aware of is that my great, great, great grandfather um, was Irish and he was in love with one of the slaves and she was of lighter skin. And his father found out and pretty much was like, look, you can't date her, you can't be with her, like this is unacceptable. Um, And so he made the ultimate sacrifice to say, well, this is where my heart is. This is what I want. This is who I want to be with. And so his father said, well, if this is something that you want to do, he said either, you know, we're going to sell her. And so he Mm -hmm. took it upon himself to leave with this white or light skinned slave and start a life. And he ended up having to drop the name, which is so interesting because now we're getting into last names and why we have our last names and where they come from. But he had to drop his last name because his father disowned him. His father took everything from him. So when he ended up, you know, moving, he had to start all over. And now on top of everything else coming from his parents and his family and dating someone of color, even though she was of lighter skin and she put it out there she was a house nigger but it was not acceptable because again it was something that was not a part of their vision it was conditioned and I feel like the way we are now has a lot to do with how we were conditioned then the way that we saw ourselves back in slavery how you had you know the lighter skinned women in the house the darker skinned women in the field and we were pinned against each other we were seen as competition against each other where certain parts of ourselves were not seen as beautiful and unfortunately the way that we've evolved now it's definitely made a bigger mark you know with with our life with our upbringing and so I do feel like you know with myself that definitely plays a part like hearing those particular stories of my family my upbringing my background is like wow maybe that's why I yearn to be a part of like my culture because right. of those lost moments definitely no I agree I agree with everything y'all said like it's they love our culture but hate us. And in that same hate, we hate ourselves because we don't, it's like we're the only race in this country that don't have a country, so to speak. We're here, we're Americans, but we're not accepted in America. And it's all tied into racism, colorism, everything we spoke on tonight. Um, I really appreciate y'all joining me tonight uh, on this call uh, and talking about this conversation. Well, definitely, uh, I want y'all to come back uh, and have more conversations with me. I appreciate y'all for joining me again. Um, if you want to plug anything, I'm going to start with Ty. Go ahead and uh, if you got anything you want to plug. Well, I think more so because I, I'm really big on health and wellness, especially within the Black community, especially with Black women. So if you can, please follow my Instagram page, with it, which is trendy Ty underscore fit for focus. I post several different things about spirituality, just health and wellness. I am a pescatarian, been one for over 14 years, and I'm all about just like making sure that you are doing what's good for yourself, both internally and externally. So, Very dope. Crystal. 
my name is Crystal Smith on Facebook, and I also go by Queen Lady K. Um, I'm just now starting a Rilla Queen show, so you guys can follow me on Rilla Queen show. Um, also, I have a self-love brunch that is coming up March 13th. I'm very nervous about this. <laughs> um, and then I have a nonprofit organization, which is a gardening club for youth from ages 3 to 15 for the young women to try to get them to connect like and communicate better so you guys if you want more information on that just follow me on social media or email gartendaisy8 at gmail.com will do Charday, give it to me now <laughs> you already know um again i'm Charday darcel i am i have all the different social media sites but i'm horrible at social media so i mainly do stuff on facebook uh, just like, I don't know if we, we didn't talk about it here, but I am definitely still finding my voice and exactly what I want to do as far as helping my community. So I, I haven't started any nonprofit organizations or anything, but I am an actress. I'm in several different upcoming projects that are coming up. So just definitely be looking out for that. I'll give more detail when they're completed. Dope, dope, dope. Again, thank you, beautiful souls, for surrounding me tonight. This has been a Dat Spill production. Uh, conversations with Cliff. Please tap in with the crew. Peace and love. Thank you. Are you still recording? Yo, what up, good people? This is your boy Cliff from Das Bill Podcast. Here to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is a free app for those wanting to get in the podcast game. The tools and features on Anchor make it easy to get your podcast popping and streaming on all major platforms, and you can get paid. So tap in with Anchor today. Let's go. Peace.